What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey everyone, how's everyone doing? It's Rachel Silver Cohen from Silver Unpolished and Dr. Boca. What's up, Lori? Hello. We're back. We are back and it feels good, right? Don't you feel like we're kind of getting into a little bit of a groove? Well, we are, except that how many times did I send you an invite and you couldn't open it? And if they could see all the technology that we have accumulated over the last couple of weeks, it really is impressive. If only all of it worked and we could figure out how to use it. But we are trying and each week is getting better and better. So I am so proud of us. It is. We are just two chicks with a lot of technology. <laughs> and um, it's kind of cool. I don't know if you people at home can you know vision this, but we have our headsets. We have some cool microphones. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons that I wanted to sign on board with Lori with this podcast is I said, are we going to get to use microphones? Because, yeah, I mean, it's the little things in life. What can I tell you? Well, not only was it the microphone, let's be honest, but you wanted like a fuzzy top to your microphone. And the irony is that Rachel's is green and mine is purple. And we got all of this high tech stuff and we plugged it in and yada, yada. Long story short, we're not even using the fucking microphones. So there you go. Yes. But what is the compound word of the day? Headset. Yes. We're in headsets and I feel really important. I feel powerful. I mean, I do. Yeah, I feel kind of yeah. cool. Okay. So anyway, what do you want to talk about today, Lori? I mean, now that we're all set up, it's like we're all revved up and nothing to talk about, but that's not true. We always have something to talk about. We definitely have stuff to talk about. You know, I think the the theme that keeps coming up in people's lives right now is we were going on with our life and then COVID happened and it disrupted everything. Or I had these plans and now we can't do it. And we were going to go away and now I can't. My kid was going to go to college. Does he go or does he not go? Not my kid, by the way, but just in general. It's this idea of we try so hard to make a plan and we all know what happens when we try to make a plan. Or we shit the bed and (laughs) the plan is now that there is no plan. Right. Um, So maybe that means kind of like we take life and all these plans that we make and we are two control freaks and we realize that no matter how much we control, we have to unwind and we have to veer in another direction like improv right? Like life is one big improvisational sketch, kind of. I mean, right? I think that's a great analogy to it. And you got to be able to roll with the punches, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't, but that's maybe the fun of it. And instead of being nervous and scared, like as an example, let you want to have some fun with me? Sure. Like, you want to do a little real life improv? I'd love to have some fun with you. Like okay. we never have fun together. <laughs> no, well, we, I mean, you know, I mean, if you don't want to have fun, you don't want to have fun. I want to have some fun. So let me just give you a little backstory. So about a year ago, year and a half ago, I was looking for an activity. I wanted to have some fun. What can I do that's a little outside of the box? And sometimes I call myself a real life Marsha Brady, right? Like I take yoga and then I'm in a debate club and then I'm taking a cooking class and I'm just constantly kind of trying to find my way. And my passion, I think, is finding passions, right? And I either like it or I don't or so on and so forth. One of the things I did, I took an improv class, okay? Kind of just stepping outside of my comfort zone, very scary, getting on stage with strangers, 
right? But the whole idea of improv, and again, I did it because I'm a control freak. And the number one cardinal rule of improv is you're only as good as your partner, right? right? So it's the chemistry. And even though in my head, I think I know where this sketch is going, if the other person who's on the stage with you can't read your vibe, your language, your chemistry, again, we're back to we plan and we shit the bed, right? Absolutely. So back to fun. I'm like lecturing here and I don't mean to. No, so, but wait, before you say that, yeah. I have two points and we're going to go with that. But one, can I call you Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? Like yeah, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I love that. But the, the more important part is what you just said is so important in all relationships, especially marriages, right? Or domestic partnership or any other variation of a committed relationship is we're only as good as our partner, right? We have to know what the other person's thinking and feeling and we have to be able to pick up on that vibe and we have to be able to read between the lines and kind of work in a flow with them. And so often in these relationships, we lose that, like that dance step, that ability to feel and predict where that person's going. And we become rigid in the ways that we respond to them and it becomes rote and it becomes almost to the point where we assume what they're going to do and we're wrong. We're wrong all the time. And then that dance just doesn't work anymore. And that improv, so to speak, is gone and the relationship falls apart. So I just wanted to kind of step out for one second before we have fun and just kind of generalize it to just all relationships and where it goes amok. And while we're not having fun, this is probably a really good time to remind everyone that this is not real therapy, no, right? right. Okay, let's throw in that disclaimer, okay, everyone? <laughs> in no way, shape, or form does listening to our unpolished therapy mean that what we're talking about is any type of doctor-patient relationship. This is not regular standard of care. This is complete unpolished standard of chit-chat. So Absolutely. let's just put it out there. We do not want Lori losing licenses or credibility. <laughs> She is amazing when she is on the couch in her office. But when we are jammed up in my closet or we're in our backyard or we're sitting here with piles of laundry like we were last week, <laughs> um, in no way is this true therapy. So Absolutely. With, with that you. being said, that's kind of just our you know compliance hat. So let's take the hat off. Let's get back to the improv. So here's what I think we should do. It'll be really fun. So in the spirit of just you throw stuff against the wall and you see what sticks. One of the little exercises we used to do in improv class was myself and whomever your partner was for, for the day. It's one word back and forth, okay? <laughs> you know, and this is just an example, but once upon a time. I say a word, you say a word. And again, just with that, once upon a time, you already think you know what the person's going to say. But if the other person in their head had a whole nother road they were going down, the other person is left in the dust. Could it be derailed? Could be. Well, well the wreckage, right? <laughs> the wreckage. This car crash, right? The, the advice, the audacious, boom, we're trapped we're on the side of the road and we need to call AAA, right? <laughs> but what we need to keep in mind here is, again, back to what my teacher had said, that you're only as good as your partner. So the goal isn't who's going to be more clever, who's going to say something better. It's about the ebb and flow that we have together. We want to work together as a partnership and see what we can create. And maybe the beauty is stepping in, whatever it is, it's okay because we're doing it together. And wherever it leads us, it leads us. I'm game, right? I okay, it's great. I say we do it. And you know what? Because I am so gracious and I am so happy to be here with you. I'm going to let you start. Oy, okay. And if we only get to four words... Well, we won't because what we're doing is we're going to end up telling a story. And does the story and have to make sense? 
Well, no, that's, that's the fun the best of it. Part about that's it. Okay. the fun of it. Because as we go, and you will see that the natural progression and the beauty of improv in general is that it's not rehearsed, it's not manufactured, Authentic. but the spontaneity of it and the natural essence of just what develops, that's the beauty. Yeah. Okay. Even if it's ridiculous and unpolished and we make no sense whatsoever. And the next thing we know, we're talking about reindeers who live in Florida and they wear raincoats and they're Jewish. Amazing. I mean, great. Okay. I mean, it could. Very well could. So with that being said, let's just throw it out there and see what happens. Let's have a little fun. So here we go. Improv Unpolished Therapy, take one. Have you ever seen a big, bad penis? Wow. Um, no. What? I am thoroughly confused and thoroughly mesmerized by the topic? Yes. Well, how different it would be if I wasn't a very unpolished therapist? (laughs) Maybe. End scene. Okay. So it gives you an, it just kind of throws out there that neither one of us knew what we were doing. But the lesson, at least my takeaway, is that two partners, two people, again, as you said, a, a relationship or a business, pleasure, whatever the case may be, it's about listening and really paying attention to what the other person is saying and not jumping ahead to what we want to say next. Or what we want them to say. Or what we want them to say. Right? Because isn't that what we talked about in the first session is mind reading. We think we know what people are thinking and we base our interpretations and behaviors on what we think they're thinking about us mm-hmm. or what we hope they're thinking about us. And the truth is we can't do that. We have to actually you know, be here now mm-hmm. and be spontaneous and be present and listen and work with the person that we're with. And so for you and I, we're still building this relationship. Right. And so far it's been great, but we have so much to learn about each other and pick up on the nuances, but we have to be willing to stop and listen and hear what the other person needs and wants in that moment to be able to give it to them. I agree. I agree. And I do think that it sounds, again, so easy in theory. But then when you take the, the practical exam, that's kind of where we fall short. We all, for the most part, it seems as though most of us, our favorite activity is hearing ourselves talk, right? And getting our message out there. And that kind of points to like the global problem that we have now is everyone would just shut the fuck up and listen a little bit more to what someone else has to say and take that pause. Maybe the world would be nicer and kinder and funnier and more relaxed than even if we're living more within a world of improv and less control and less structure. Maybe it would be for the betterment of all mankind. And I hate to always go back to COVID, but it's such a huge example of something that is so much greater than us that everybody's trying to control and trying to figure out how do we control it, right? And really the lesson here is we can't control it. We have to kind of roll with the punches and each day is a different day and we have to kind of figure out how to work with it. And so I know personally for me, as a control person, right? This whole process, like I woke up in the morning and I was like, I can't leave my home. What does one do when they can't leave their home? There's only so much cleaning and cooking and online shopping that you could possibly do. Oh, I'm going to relinquish control and just see what happens. 
I was doing puzzles. I was hanging out with my dog and my kids and my husband. We were watching movies. We were just doing things that we never have time to do. And it was so nice. And now as the world, I know you didn't get this message, but apparently the world has opened up again. Yeah, I know. I haven't done not one puzzle, but I still haven't left the house. You haven't left the house, right? I don't know what that says about my willing to move with the punches or anything, but puzzles, no. Yeah, okay. So I roll with the punches and whatever it may be will be. And so I got the memo that the world has opened up. However, you find that you're trying to go back to those old behaviors of trying to control things. Why should I try to control everything that's going on? Trying to control what my kids are doing, what they're eating or if they're showering or not. Like it's going to get done, right? And I'm trying to predict like, you know, how many clients I should have or patients I should have and how many podcasts we should do. And we have to have everything lined up and we have to get an Instagram out at a certain time. Why? It all works out. Well, let me ask you a question because maybe that people listening would have this question too and you can help kind of break it down. Because we are creatures of habit, right? And we all do say, you know, we want to work on ourselves. We know what you're saying is true. It's just so hard to remember, right? With me, one of my things that I want to work on giving up control on is flying off the handle or yelling and screaming. And I kind of remember to not yell and scream after, after. I've already fucked it up. Like, <laughs> oh man, I wasn't supposed to yell this. And so what are the tips? Do I need to have a rubber band around my wrist? And every time I screw up what I thought I was trying to be more mindful on, I snap it. Do I need to have little rituals that remind me? What can we do? Because I think, again, in theory, it makes perfect sense to relinquish control. That sounds so beautiful. Everyone relinquish control. But when you're in the moment, what are the tools that we can use? So first, you have to understand that it's habitual. You know, we've been raised this way. We've been doing this our entire lives. Right. So How do we rewind right. and start so, over? Right. So you have to be somewhat forgiving of yourself, right? We are going to fuck up all the time, right? We have to break those habits very slowly. So yeah, you have to kind of pick what works for you. So the rubber band thing is always a great thing. I have a lot of patients who are constantly snapping their rubber band. But is it actually stopping them in the moment? No. But what it's getting them to do is almost punishing themselves. And then they have like a big bruise right. on their bruise, arm. Right? Like, so that, that would be me. Right. That would be me too, right? So for me, one of the things, and we touched on this even in the first thing because it is a global life lesson, is we are so hard on ourselves when we fail, but we're not good to ourselves when we hell no successful, right? So not. right, and God that, forbid we should be nice to ourselves. Exactly, and say, job well done. No, so okay, so break the behavior down into pieces is always the first step, and the first step is recognizing it. Ideally, you'd like to recognize it before it happens, before I lose my fucking shit on my kids, right? Well, okay, Rome wasn't built in a day. But if you can acknowledge that like, hey, I lost my kids and my shit. I recognized that I apologized and I caught it and stopped the momentum from going and ruining like, you know, the next four hours. Kudos to me. Next time I'm going to maybe lose my shit, but in the middle of losing my shit, I'm going to think to myself, what kind of person am I modeling for my children? And that might get me out of that moment in the moment, right? Or I tell my kids, give me a code word when I'm being a bitch. So they're helping me in the moment. And then when I stop in the moment, kudos to me. And then slowly you start to get positively reinforced because your kids warm up to you quicker. You move past it quicker. Okay. You're not buying into this. I can see your, your no, face. No, well, I am. But I'm thinking through what you said about when you're in the moment of like psychotic rage mode. As not my in the kids, moment. Say, no, like I could just picture myself in the middle of a complete psychotic lunacy moment with my kids. And then the bell goes off in my head. Oh my God, I'm doing it wrong. I shouldn't be doing it. Stop. But because I am such a nut, I feel like my kids, if in the middle of my rage, I press 
this mental pause and was like, oh my God, hold on. I'm freaking out. I'm not supposed to freak out. I feel like they would be like, mom, finish it. Because like, like you are still weird right now. You're either in or you're out. And then me, I'd be like, okay, great. Let me just finish yelling. <laughs> most we can make up for it. Just mental note, this isn't how it was supposed to go down. Okay. But then you have a teaching moment afterwards and say, hey guys, I tried to stop myself. It just was going to be train wrecky if I did. I just finished it, but I'm sorry. To me, my kids, I don't have to finish everything I start. Like okay. I've gotten more evolved in my own life that I don't have to finish everything I start. Well, Lori, you are the therapist. So <laughs> yes, kudos. We're only like a half a step of, in front of our patients usually. Right. So like, well, let's you be know honest. what they say. I mean, you said it, not me. I'm but... the first to admit it. And I've said that I am not perfect. I am not. And I am no better than you all are. I just said almost I'm worse because I should know better. I hate the word should. That's such a shame on you for not word, but I should know better. And I will tell you that if there was somebody peeking in at the way that I parent sometimes, they would take my doctorate away from me, right? Like they would be like, you don't deserve that. You're a fucking crazy woman, right? But we all have those buttons that are pushed and our children know how to push them. So I have actually said to my kids at certain times, if I'm doing something, and I know you and I have had this conversation, if you start acting like somebody in your family, like your family calls you out on it, right? And so for me, like if I am raging, my kids will call me out and be like, mom, you're going crazy. And I'll be like, okay. And it's enough. All it takes, right? And this is all about thought stopping. So when you perseverate on things and you constantly are thinking about things and can't move forward from that, or you're in a rage moment, it only takes one thought stop in order for you to break that moment and that momentum. And then you can move forward. And you know what? I was just thinking to kind of bring it back a little bit to the whole Marsha Brady thing. Remember when she was in either her drama club or her acting club or whatever, and one of the notes that she got when she got up there and she was frozen or whatnot. And maybe it wasn't Marsha. Maybe it was Cindy or Jan or Peter or Bobby. I don't remember this episode. But okay, where they're like, picture the audience in their underwear naked to loosen up and be carefree and fancy footed and not freeze. And maybe, I'm not correlating exactly, but in a moment when you're going bananas, maybe just trying to remember the improv of life. That you know what? Slow your roll. Nothing is that serious. Try to laugh. Try to roll with the punches. Life is unrehearsed. And we are, as we've always said from episode to episode, I guess we're just doing the best we can. We are. And one last point, and then we're going to have to wrap up. One of the things that I always tell my patients is there's no missed opportunity. Like you can always go back and apologize to your kid when the improv happens and life doesn't go the way that is. So you try again the next time. You do it again. It's okay. Like we're not perfect human beings. We just have to roll with the punches and that's where the improv comes in. So before we wrap up, and I know our time is is almost done, but can we just do an improv one more time and just see based on what we talked about, our listening skills and just see where it takes us as we roll out. I can't promise it's going to be any better, but But, let's try. But then we'll be kind to each other and Absolutely. we'll laugh about it and who cares, exactly. right? Exactly. We're going to have right. fun. So, so let's end it on that note. Here start, we go. Ready? Okay. Once there was a specific person who wanted to understand life. And so this person took many steps in the right direction. Woo!
End scene. We're taking it in the right direction, everyone. Okay, well, that's our time for today, Rachel. Thanks for hanging out with me, Lori. I always love it. You always make me feel better. And we did break down some good wreckage tonight. We did. We had some good laughs. It was awesome. We did. I love laughing with you. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Thank you. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone. Like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>